Maybe you look like a real asshole. Can I tell you something? She was in highlights in the 80s. I like that you think you're a good guy. He's a comedian. You can say it that way if you want to be wrong. Sounds like you're addicted to a drug. Can I? Um, is it is it like a fruity beer? It's kind of sour. Okay, but it's not like it's not like a raspberry. No, it looks like it may be. Yeah, a well, it's, raspberry. Got the, it's got the purple. That's why I asked. Because yeah. if it was, I would be drinking it. I love me. I love fruity beer. Do we have? Fruity oh, they have a lot of those. I have a bunch of beers. If you want to like uh, peruse, Will's peruse. specialty is fruity sour shit. Oh, oh yeah. You, well, you I don't real really have fruity. that. Well, yeah. <laughs> sorry. That was last week. Like, you don't have any ruby tears or anything? This is uh, Mossy Creek, a Wild Haze uh, India Pale Ale. I also have uh, an American Pilsner. And then I have... uh, Looks like a Guy Harvey t-shirt. A American (laughs) Brown Ale with rhubarb and strawberries. Yes, please. Thank you. Do you have a glass? There's some glasses in the yeah, kitchen. I'll, I'll grab one. Oh, thank and you. Then That's a, what I have. Uh, is this a twisty or probably no, not a twisty? No, no twisties. And then a pale lager. Ah. But, so these Look are, at the bottle on that one. These are also for schwa. So oh, cool. You guys can have all of these. Prague Spring. Do what you this will with them. This is so strange shit. Oh, here we go. Tastes like fruit. <laughs> That's what I was looking for. Look at this one. This looks like a Brandon Kirkman t-shirt. Sponsored by Mars Brewery, located yep. in Bridgeport. Is that an official sponsor of the pod? Oh, yeah. Nice. Is it? Jesus. For sure. Do they know that? No, of course they're, not. They're fine with it. Yeah. Is that good? It's pretty, it's fine. All right. I don't really know anything about beer. What the hell, Joe? What? <laughs> hey, you have a yeah, beer. Yeah, I know. Yeah, only thing I know uh, about beer is it ruined my life. <laughs> <laughs> How much do you drink? Uh, I've been toning it down. Uh, I don't know that I, I, guess, I ever... I guess I drink pretty much every time I do a show. So a lot. So a lot. But, like, in terms of, like, getting so fucked up that I, like... Can't uh, function. Can't function or pee myself or black out... It's like maybe once a month. and Because you were doing that all the time, right? <laughs> I was doing that all the time, yeah. yeah. What changed? Oh, I started bleeding everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> out of your out out of my ass, ass yeah, and stuff. Ass. And, then, and, then like, and then I was like peeing like rosé colored pee. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I got to stop this probably. <laughs> well, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, so now I only, uh, uh, yeah, seldom. Seldom. Like last last Saturday was like, I don't know. Definitely the first time in like a month that I got blacked out. Okay. Yeah. So when you do a show, do you just have like one or two? Ah, it's three, or, three or four. It's like three or four. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's, right. yeah. Uh, it depends where I'm at too. Like you know, Laugh Factory for a while really wanted enforcing the two drink minimum. Okay. Like you know, so I would like basically just like get shit faced for free there. Got it. And then when Jeremy Piven rolled into town, someone from the LA club, or actually Jamie Masada came in mm-hmm. and like cracked the whip on everybody and started enforcing everything. So like for a, for a hot two weeks there, it was like I wasn't even drinking at the Laugh Factory, hmm. but that seems to have subsided, and now it's just like Good. you know, yeah, <laughs> it's back to negligence. So so now I, I can drink there pretty heavily. Well, I, I was surprised because we were talking on the way down here that you seem like back all into stand up. Yeah, because every time I've talked to you, you're like, I'm not sure if I want to do this. Yeah, well, I people make that decision for me. Like you know, I don't I'm that not, you're still in. Yeah, yeah. Like like I'm not trying to to book anything on my own or like you don't submit to anything. I anymore. don't submit to anything. Yeah. So like you know, if I keep on having a, a full calendar, I'll keep showing up to the things I'm. But you for. like doing stand up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What do you mean? <laughs> it's like, yeah. Um, I like aspects of it. Like what? Like what do you think you like about it? Well, I think it's the thing that we all like about it. It's it's having a new thought be expressed and validated. 
You know, that that part's cool. But, you know... Every other part about it? Every other part about it can, <laughs> can really suck. Like, sure. Uh, you know, I the thing that bothers me the most uh, about it is really just, like, the misinterpretation of what's being said by audiences. What do you mean? Well, I mean, specifically, like, I've, I've had a few really mean emails written to the club about me. Oh, I saw one of those that Curtis posted. Yeah, one of those, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, there was another one recently. Well, what happened in that? I'm not familiar with this. Well, one time, well, it, the two that I know of, one was uh, like a long email written about... Um, it was like during the height of the Me Too thing. During the height of the Me Too thing, and like she was just all offended because I was making fun of that, and then I made fun of Charlottesville, and she was <laughs> like, you can't make fun of that either. <laughs> And she called me, uh, she called me a, a horrible person, and she said the people of Chicago don't are like. Sounds like one of your former roommates. Yeah, yeah, it might have been him, uh, <laughs> <laughs> under a pen name. <laughs> but yeah, like that shit bothers me. I, I don't like being misinterpreted that way. I don't like being misinterpreted the other way either. You know, I'll do as like, being genuine. As being genuinely like well, because you're playing with fire, right? You know this, that because your your character is this, this ironic, is this ironic horrible person, right? Yeah, yeah. This this ironic twisted vision of yeah. you know American culture, and you know there are people that don't get the joke and hate me for it and then there are people that don't get the joke and like me for it and i feel bad either way well is that i'm assuming gets obviously worth the risk you're taking because when it works it's got to be great when it works i feel like i'm doing something that like a lot of people aren't doing yeah okay when it works it's like i i know that i'm doing stand-up a way that i'm not seeing a lot of people do it and it's the people that get that like they're they're actually like fans of it, and that makes me feel really good. But that's a small minority compared to the amount of people that are either indifferent or hate my guts for it, or or like it for the wrong reasons. Okay. Yeah. Like if I were to do a show for a hundred people, I'd I'd say maybe like thirty of them are are enjoying it the way that I'm comfortable with. It's <laughs> <laughs> a small percentage. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That sounds horrible <laughs> yeah it's not great yeah yeah so I, i'm trying to like think of new topics of conversation like you know i'd love to be able to do jokes uh that are you know kind of like late nighty where they're you know the premises are somewhat innocuous and mm -hmm. you know it, it's it can play for everybody but i just can't i, I don't know that's like why would you why would you want to do that to me well i'd like to do that because i think you know it would help round out you know what i do you know it would be give it just another tool yeah give me another tool and you know it would be nice to be able to do a set and know that i'm not making someone totally uncomfortable you know sometimes i feel bad yeah but because at the end of the day it's like what we think is funny as as comedy people is not at all what most people think is funny no not at and all. a lot of people just want to go to a comedy club and just escape all the things that they're hearing in the news and mm -hmm. escape all the things that uh, bum them out. And they just want to be entertained with some innocuous shit, like a funny story from high school or jokes about your weird dad. Or Like, I get that. It's not for me. I don't like it. But I know that, like, certain people need that. Well, you know? okay, but then how much of is that a balance of what you want versus what they want? Because, I like... I, I talked about this last week. Like, I did Lodge, and then I hung out at Laugh Factory for, for the first time in forever, and I was just thinking, this is stupid. Like, just watching people do their acts. I'm like, I know that, one, I know all these jokes, and two, like, this is so... Banal. Mean, meaningless. Yeah. yeah. But it's doing great. Yeah, it's doing and really well. that makes it hurt It's going worse. really well. It doesn't make it hurt. It just makes me go, why the fuck am I even trying to do anything? Yeah. Yeah, I there was one comic uh, that was at Laugh Factory that I had to follow that was in from New York, and he was just doing this like you know my my wife's a bitch and my kid oof, and all that shit, <laughs> and it was like it was murdering so hard, and then sure. I'm like, well, I'm gonna go up there and not do that, and you know, of course it was hard to follow. Yeah, it always is, 
And yeah, no, I, I have those same feelings. So how do you balance that? What do you? Because I know what you're talking about where you want to have um, wide appeal. You want to have that Arcuri level of sure. You can perform anywhere, but right. you also want to do what you want to do. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm trying to square that circle by just getting so good at the point of view that I'm trying to sell people mm-hmm. that it can work anywhere. Like I can bring them bring them along more or less even sure. if even if it wasn't what they were expecting or if it wasn't something that they thought they wanted to hear i'm trying to attack it from the angle of like well i'm going to get so good at performing mm-hmm. that i can sell any of this to anybody the only way i ever try- i did the opposite where it's like i have to write the best possible punchline to justify what i just said right because i've done i've done bits where it's like the room turns on me and then i have to win them back yeah and it, that's the only way i know how to do it yeah yeah. Well, yeah, same same thing. You know, I, I'd put that under the umbrella of what I'm trying to do sure, in terms of performance. Similar. Yeah, it's either the, you know, but but that's out of necessity. Like I couldn't sit down and write a joke about Lululemon pants. <laughs> yeah, if I wanted to, you know, I wouldn't know how to do that. I don't have any fun stories about like vacay. Even stuff that I think is like, well, this is going to be like my fun for everybody bit. Like, I was trying to, like, oh, this will be, like, a fun, goofy dad story. And then when I tell it, people are like, that's borderline <laughs> abuse. I was not. What is that bit? Well, it's like, uh, one time on a cruise, um, you know, we're, I'm all dressed to go to the cruise dinner. And uh, my dad's in the shower. And we're in Key West. And then my dad gets out of the shower just with his towel <laughs> drops the towel and like goes to the porthole and starts waving his dick and goes, bye key west bye key west like acting like a gay guy and <laughs> you know and, and there's no punchline or anything to it. i just say that and i'm like that's my goofy dad people are like that's we were thinking like we were hoping like a silly hat or like a weird saying but your dad just waved his dick and front of you and mocked gay people sorry man that's a good bit i mean it's a a treasured memory (laughs) (laughs) yeah that is the bummer it's like all the all the things that finding out that the things that make you laugh and make and you're comfortable with Mm -hmm. finding out that that can like legitimately ruin someone's night is hard it's really hard to deal with that what made you change where you felt like you knew you wanted to do this again because i know even just several months ago you were like talking about going back to florida and not doing this anymore yeah i just over the years i've heard you say things. oh yeah yeah i i think it was uh i don't know i always get you'll have this run where it's just not fun yeah and then and that can last a week it can last like months you know I think for some people it lasts years. Mm-hmm. And those are like the saddest people in the world. <laughs> but uh, Max know, and I just both nodded very profusely. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. Present company included. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I've just been. I mean, I've, I'm lucky. I get booked enough to where it's like there's no logical stopping point ever. So like, I'll I'll be committed to wanting to quit. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, well, I got another two weeks of shows left, and it's the only money I have coming in, so I got to do these shows. And then, like, three of them will be really, really fun. And then it's like, well, yeah, now now I'm refocused, and I want to do this again. Do you think if you had, like, a well-paying job, you'd still want to do stand-up? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. Because right now, stand-up's your only source of income. Yeah, now it's it's a necessity. Yeah. Yeah. If I had a... So someone was like, we'll give you 70 grand a year for this office job. <laughs> it's got to depend on what that office of job course, is. but like a job you don't hate yeah like just an okay job grubhub would you still want to do stand-up i don't know i bet you probably would i right? think i probably maybe would. you'd tell yourself you wouldn't but yeah. you probably i think i probably would i mean i think the the thing that uh i'm scared about the most is just like not knowing where that ceiling's gonna be in stand-up you mean in stand-up you know, I don't know where that ceiling is. I might be at the ceiling now. And that's this bad. This might be, right. Yeah, living with Michael McCabe is your ceiling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If, so not knowing that is always what scares the shit out of me and makes me like want to retreat. 
you know. But you have to know looking around and based on the way people talk to you and treat you that your ceiling is not what you currently are at. Well, Why? You don't, you don't know that. It, well, it very you, well could be you, this. Of course it could be, but you have to have been given enough signals where you're like, it probably isn't. Yeah, I is would. That fair? No one, no one's telling me that this is, you know. Yeah. The ceiling. Although no one and will no, when it actually is. Yeah, no one yeah. will ever tell. <laughs> yeah. Because if we all knew our ceilings, we'd all, we'd all stop. stop. Yeah. And then who would be there to exploit for no money? And, <laughs> of course. You know, get entertainment for very cheap mm-hmm. for people. Uh, yes, that that's what really scares me. I w- whenever I think about like, you know, if I would still be doing stand up if I had like a job that paid that much money that that would ultimately determine whether or not i would quit i would have to like really kind of look at things from a objective analytical perspective and just just think okay what have i done what am i doing how much time do i have really where will this play you know i'd have to look at all that and kind of determine it i mean from i i Outside of that, I mean, do I love doing it? Most of the time. But, you know, there's so much anguish that comes with failing at this. You know, the successes of this kind of even out after a certain point, you know, like you don't you, you don't get that rush from killing anymore. But yeah, that low same. from bombing remains. <laughs> that will always be as strong, you know, so that that really sucks about it. Like, is know, that the only thing that bums you out is when you don't when you have a bad one? Yeah, when I have a bad one, it really. But I mean, sometimes I'll I'll go up and I'll have a good one, but it was just like you know I just know it was a boring. Well, you got a crush, right? Yeah, you can't just have a good one. Yeah, I just can't. Gotta, I haven't. I or can't maybe have what you one. consider a good one to be is it, like it's a, got crush. a crush. Yeah. yeah, it's got a crush. Yeah. And if you don't crush, do you feel bad? Not if I don't. No, I don't feel bad if I don't crush. Um, but I'm I'm definitely. I'm thinking about it, you know, like I'm not walking away clear minded and now like when I do really good, I don't feel like that rush of joy and adrenaline. Mm -hmm. Now it's like like a great sense of relief. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, knowing like knowing that you did all your laundry, you know, (laughs) or or seeing a freshly mowed lawn. Mm -hmm. It's that's what it feels like. So if I don't crush the way I want to crush then I don't have that sense of relief. I'm not like depressed or down on, on myself. Like if I bomb, I feel that way. Like if I bomb, I'm like I'm I'm the fucking worst person in the world. I just assaulted people with my ideas. Well, especially when you upset them. Yes. Yeah. yeah my bombs are not. I don't get polite laughs. Yeah. You know, it's like there are people that we know of. We're probably all thinking of the same person. Max Friedman. (laughs) (laughs) Hack. (laughs) But you'll see these people, it's like they're not doing well, but people are laughing at him because they're like, well, he's being nice. Sure. Or she's trying. It's like unchallenging. Yeah. Yeah. And they're laughing at the cadence because they know that was supposed to be a punchline. Yeah. It didn't make them laugh. But they don't want to be rude to that person because they, they like them. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't have that. Yeah. yeah if they don't like me they're not going to give me anything and like and a lot of times we get people to laugh in spite of how they feel so but yeah i mean i, I don't know yeah I, I don't know getting back to that 70 grand thing and that is the number <laughs> <laughs> i really don't know i think i'd miss it i mean i think at this point i think i'm probably committed what do you think you get out of it that you couldn't get out of something else? Because we've, I mean, I know you obviously haven't been listening to the show, and I don't blame you. Uh, but we've been talking a lot. <laughs> you for, made the right decision, Joe. They don't even know it was a show. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've been having on some of what we think are the best comics in the city. We've had Tim Weishelbaum, uh Quentin Johnson. Quentin Johnson. Tim Weishelbaum again. We've so, had him three times. <laughs> yeah. So you guys are goofing off. <laughs> <laughs> this is all just a goof. Terrence Hartnett because he asked. <laughs> <laughs> but we've been talking mostly about Max hasn't been doing stand-up i've been in the middle of a, like a gigantic break sure and it's a lot of is stand-up good for us to do yeah like uh, psychologically yeah i i think when i was taking a break i uh you took a real you took like a hard break yeah it was like three and a half three yeah. and a half months and change or something i was uh i didn't quite miss it honestly i like yeah, I mean, I, I didn't feel happier, but I didn't really miss it. So I think... What'd you do during that time? 
I got really into uh, Elder Scrolls Skyrim. <laughs> Great game. For Xbox 360. And uh, I started watching that show Taboo <laughs> with Tom Hardy. <laughs> I and remember I, when you came back uh, and you did Cody's open mic. Mm-hmm. And I was incredibly frustrated because it was the first time I saw you back and you just killed. And yeah. I was really hoping you were going to like have atrophied. Yeah. I was surprised. I did, uh, like, that first week uh, that I started doing open mics again, I got messaged to do a spot at Laugh Factory. And I was was like, I just assumed I was going to go up and suck. And, like, I went up and I crushed. And Blake Burkhart Mm -hmm. was there. He was, like, a buddy. And he was, like, he had to go up after. And he was, like, going from just, like, enjoying the set and being like, ah, that's really cool to... Joe's going up and doing really good to like, oh, oh I have fuck, to now that. I have to follow this. Yeah. <sighs> that sucks. What made you quit? Uh, I was just I was just miserable. I couldn't enjoy it at all. I, I would like uh, I would be like massively depressed if like one line didn't work. Sure. I began to put like such pressure on myself uh to to be really spectacular every time I went up. And if it was less than that, I fucking hated it. And uh, that and and I think like that was at a point where I was like blackout drinking pretty much every time I'd go out. Like it wasn't it wasn't just like a once in a thing or like I, I you know take my hand off the wheel mm-hmm. and have a bad night. That was just kind of like the the rhythm of my life. Just waking up covered in piss two or three times a week. So and it was bad. It was and it. And I still go through these, like, massive depressions where I have, like, legit suicidal ideation. Yeah. Like, that still happens. But that was... I was, like, going through, like, a three-week period of that. Like, around the time where I decided that I needed to take a break. And it just wasn't... I wasn't able to shake it. And I just kept on getting more and more depressed. Every set that I would go up, it was worse than the last... And it was, it was just going to, there was going to be, I, didn't, I couldn't see a bottom to it. So how'd you let that go where now if a line doesn't work, you don't hate it? Now, I think, uh, I think taking a break from it gave me the perspective of knowing that I don't need this. So I don't have to be so precious about it. You know, I don't, I don't feel that standups as important to me now as I did then. So if I go up and bomb or whatever mm-hmm. or have have a shit set, it doesn't bother me because I've made my peace with being able to walk away from this. Like, I'm very cool if stand-up isn't the rest of my life. I'm cool with that idea. So anything that I do on stage that doesn't work out, it's, it's not important to me as it was before I took a break. Because okay. at that point, I'm like, my whole life has got to be stand-up. i got to be the best stand-up. I got to do it all the time. I got to do it everywhere. The only way I'm going to ever get any, der- like, only way I was ever going to derive any joy out of this life was going to come by from, success of stand up. By success, yeah. By achieving something in stand up. Yeah, I felt very similar to you, although I'm not nearly as good as you are. But I had the same, like, if I don't, if it doesn't go amazing, I'm going to think about killing myself for several days. Yeah. And that's exactly what it has felt like pretty much the whole time. And only by not doing it has that feeling gone away. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly. So I'm scared to go back because I'm worried if I go back and try to get good again, even a little, yeah. I'll be focused on if I'm not great, I'm going to be like it's doing damage to me. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you put it that way, it's easier yeah. said than done. Yeah. I mean, I I took, you know, yeah, and that time off, you know, and I still, you know, I still have, you know, little dips here and there. Mm-hmm. But overall, it's just less and it's less defining to me like I, I don't have to define myself through doing stand-up anymore back then it was all you know all i ever thought about now you know 70 grand <laughs> 70, <laughs> 70 grand <laughs> walk away easily well like we've we've had this thought experiment a couple of times where if there was some sort of like star trek style simulator where you can walk into and you just go in, and it's an amazing show, and you can crush for as long as you want, but then you come out, and no one will ever know it actually happened? Mm-hmm. Does that sound appealing to you? Yeah, because the only thing I really like about it is 
what's happening on stage anyway. Because we've thought like we people only like the being able to the whatever clout you've earned from doing well. Yeah, and I hate that. All that makes you me, hate it. it. Yeah, it makes me uncomfortable. Like, like I, you hate people fawning over you. It's uncomfortable. That's a real to be fawned over. That's a real like monkey's paw situation you have then. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> For sure. Because you, uh, objectively, you do well. I mean, I'm without, like, font, you do well, you yeah. do really well. Like, yeah, I can, I, uh, I've got a gear that not a lot of people have. Yeah. Certainly in this city. Yeah. You know, I know that. And, but not only that, like, there there are people that are, like, do, do great, like, that are, like, a guy like, someone like Kevin Bozeman, mm-hmm. amazing comic. Oh, sure. But he's yeah. not constantly talked about in the scene. The yeah. way you are. Yeah. Well, he's not in the scene. Sure. The way I am. Sure. That's a big part of it, too. But you... Th- there's not a there's not a lot of people that get talked about more. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I appreciate it. But at the same time, like, you know, if you're doing it for those reasons, then you're setting yourself up for disappointment. Because, you know... Yeah. That's not... And, and also too, you know, I I love that. I'm proud of that, you know. But I I get uncomfortable with it because I one, it's, you know, we're not equipped to have people come up to us and say great things about us. It's just not something that happens to you a lot. So it's mm-hmm. there's no there's no real rhythm to being accepting, you know, to accepting compliments like that. Um, there's no precedent for it. So it's always uncomfortable when that happens. You know, I don't I don't. I don't want to make it sound like I, I'm annoyed by it. You know, I'm flattered. Sure. Right. It's just I'm uncomfortable with it because I'm not, I don't know how to do that. And I don't have a very high opinion of myself to begin with. Um, but in terms of that, like, you know, if that was my main motivation for doing this, I'd be a fucking idiot. <laughs> you know, you can't pay rent with credibility, <laughs> you know. And... uh yeah, I mean it. It's very cool. I appreciate it, but you know, at the same time, it's you know, I'd I'd be if I could trade that in for some sort of monetary benefit, I would. You know, if if I if I could like instead of getting fawned over, you just got a bunch of money. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If every every bit of praise was a little satchel of money, <laughs> that'd be a much better deal. Well, that explains why you'd want to go more broad. Yeah, yeah. Because that's well, where all, like, you know, all the money is. Well, yeah. I mean, I look at you know some of my uh, friends who who don't have this mm-hmm. you know level of uh, whatever, and uh, but they're like working the road and they're you know making a living, doing colleges, you know all that shit. You know, at the end of the day, they don't have to shoplift. <laughs> well, Max still does. <laughs> yeah. I don't have to. I just, <laughs> he just yeah, it's about it. the thrill. Yeah. Well, that way he has more money to put into cryptocurrency. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Do Smart. That. That's one of the reasons Tim Weishelbaum has been on the show a couple of times. Yeah. That's his financial advisor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, he, he he sold Bitcoin at the worst possible time. <laughs> but, you, Tim has made some of the worst financial decisions i i truly think this that you could have made in the yeah, history absolutely. of mankind <laughs> like he's lost it, i i know how much like he won't tell you but he's lost so much money he used to make so much money he lost all of it all of it god damn that's insane and now so he what, just I, writes al- <laughs> algorithms for 60 60 hours of i don't know a week yeah i'm still in my head because i feel like i i answered that question about receiving praise like an asshole whatever no i don't think you I'm did. Not, yeah <laughs> i don't want to i'm very aware like i i got real depressed uh sunday and monday monday i couldn't get out of bed did something happen well i got i, I told you guys on the way here i got blacked out and then showed up to oh the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah and what depressed me is like of course i did bad because i was blacked out sure but what depressed me is like you know the idea that I didn't care about getting booked for that show. Like I still appreciated that. That depressed you that you didn't care about it. It depressed me that it looked like someone who didn't appreciate getting booked. Oh, that, that it reflected it reflected poorly. Yeah, sure. I, yeah. It depressed me that it was like you know what a what a piece of shit I am to be that disrespectful to people that wanted me to do something for them. 
Do you feel that way only because you got blacked out or if your set hadn't gone well anyway? Only because I got blacked out. Okay. If I showed up and tried to do my best and it didn't go well, that's fine. You know, I can't fault myself. You can't control that. that. Had you gotten blacked out and crushed? (sighs) (laughs) Had I gotten blacked out? Because that happened. You you woke up and then you ran into Saurab and he's like, dude, that set was the best thing I've ever seen. I think... um, I'd probably be the happiest I ever was. <laughs> that would be kind of a fun surprise. It would be pretty amazing to go up completely blacked out and crush. I mean, I've, you, you've done that? Yeah, of course Not completely blacked out. I've certainly gone up in, uh, in a way worse state than most people would ever dream of going up mm-hmm. and have done well in that situation. But fully not knowing where I am. I've never pulled that off. <laughs> would you go up sober? Do you go up sober? I go up sober. I'd like so, you asked, yeah. would you go up sober? <laughs> well, he said he drinks before basically every show. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, I. not always. Yeah, sometimes I'll go up sober. It's, it's, been, it's not like a rule that I have. I, I, don't, I don't need. Do you like it? Uh, I'm a little more inhibited. I think my energy is a little bit better if I've drank a little bit. Yeah. But that, that also could just be. A, a lie I made up to keep me drinking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's been strange. When I started, mm-hmm. I feel like you weren't quite get like you. I think you were doing this week's show at the time, and I would see you at mics here and there. But you weren't like you weren't like a like a darling, you know? Yeah, no, nah, definitely like going. Uh, the only thing that's really changed uh, f- for me is you know getting to work the Laugh Factory a lot. Which I'm really proud of, and I love that place. And getting the headline, pretty much, like every show I do, I get the headline. Now. Yeah, like those those are the two things that I've earned. You know, like Laugh Factory and getting to close out like all the really good bar shows here. That's probably like a year in for me, year two years. I think I yeah. got past the Laugh Factory like two years ago, maybe. Mm-hmm. But I didn't really work much the first year after being passed yeah so yeah it's changed and like you know each year i'm doing more that's another thing when it comes down to like me considering whether or not you know i want to put up with the potential anguish of a failed career because mm-hmm. that's my biggest fear you know that I, I look at myself and i'm 42 and i'm still hustling bar shows you know oh yeah or like some or the road or whatever version that would look like that's yeah. pretty much the same thing. Yeah, it's like, you know, I'd like to be able to secure a a lifestyle for myself by doing this. And if I can't do that, then I don't want to go through the journey of having to figure that out. I don't want to have to, you know, have eight years of of things not working out and missed opportunities or blown opportunities and then and then have to try to reintroduce myself into not being a comic. That scares the shit out of me. I mean, but I do. I do sincerely love doing this. I think that uh, before I started doing comedy, I wasn't a complete person. I feel like comedy is is giving me a, a sense of self that I didn't have. Okay. So I do sincerely love it, and I feel like you know, I I, I feel like I give off a vibe that I don't care about it or appreciate it. And that's totally not true. I'm just suspicious of it. I don't want to fall in love too deeply because, you know, I'm not sure if this is going to work out. So I try to be a little standoffish with it. But I do. I do sincerely love the fact that I fell into this. And I certainly love the way I've been embraced by, you know, Chicago comedy. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's, you know, I don't think it's anything I did to to earn what i've been given you know i think it's you know of course i'm think, earning it because i'm, I'm performing yeah, your results doing. are what's earning it for you sure but i know that you know i don't know i feel like i'm graded on a curve sometimes just because you know people understand that i'm trying to do different stuff you think so 
I mean, that's just me hating myself, probably. I mean, I'm not saying you're. I'm not saying you're wrong, but I don't think that's true. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I think that's probably wrong. I think most yeah. people are like. Every time I've ever heard anyone talk about McMahon, it's never been like, "Well, it's great for how hard he's trying to do other things." It's always he's just fucking hilarious. That's that's good. all any I've heard anyone ever say about. That's him. good. Well, the, the other, I think people worry about your health. Yes, oh, that's for been, sure. That's yeah. been the strangest thing for me is yeah. that I saw. I, I feel put like, on forty pounds while increasing my cocaine <laughs> intake. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I saw your like your ascent in the scene, but I also saw your health deteriorate. Like I've seen, I've for seen sure. it deteriorate yeah. probably in a more profound way than almost anyone I know. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that is a concern. I have. I, rem- I remember you when I started. You used to wear the the sweater vest, and yeah. you had like more hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I didn't even know that could happen. No, I've, yeah, I've I've gotten. And then you just constantly talk about how you shit blood. Yeah, yeah. I've gotten ba- fatter. Which is a worthy. It's a worthwhile thing to talk about often. Sure. Yeah, I need to remind myself that it's a problem. <laughs> it's become so place. Yeah, yeah. If you don't speak truth to power, uh, yeah, that, I worry about that too. You know, I think, uh, you know, it's so weird. You know, you feel like, uh, you know, when when I first started drinking, uh, it felt like it was a choice. You know, it was a choice to get drunk. You know, when I was like 20, 21, you mm-hmm. know, it's like, I'm going to go out and get drunk tonight. It's a choice I was making. And now at 31, it's not a choice. I just get drunk. I don't even mm-hmm. think about it. You know, the things that I do to my body that are bad, <laughs> like I used to have some pause about them. You know, yeah. I used to consider it and then make the choice. Now it's just like, well, you know, I couldn't, uh, you know, there'll, there'll be times where I'm like, you do not drink at this show tonight. You need the night off. And, and then I just can't do it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't drink at home. So well, that's like, that's, you can't call that's it. a big improvement. Yeah. 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 So I can't call myself an alcoholic. Unfortunately. <laughs> that's got to be the first time. <laughs> yeah. By letter of the law, I don't think I qualify. In the 70K situation, do you think that your drinking would be the same? Oh God, no! Yeah, yeah. That that is the thing. I mean, I love doing this, but it puts me in situations that uh, I have no self control to uh, not take advantage of. You know, if you put drugs in front of me, I'll do them. If you, oh, you know, if you let me drink, I'm just gonna keep drinking until I can't function. Like I've got no governor at all. Like there's there's no. I, I'm unable to stop that. How how hard do you have to work to tell yourself I'm not going to drink tonight, and then you don't drink? Because you said you were able to do that. Yeah. Well, going up sober is different from not drinking. Okay. I'll go up sober, but not leave sober. Fair enough. You know <laughs> that I don't know. I, I can't remember the last time I went out, did a show, didn't drink at all. I've never seen it. Yeah. <laughs> I can't recall. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a picture in your mind, like, what you want stand-up to be for you long-term? Yeah, I mean, I really would like to uh, honor... Uh, Louis. A lot. Of <laughs> my stand-up hero, Louis Armstrong. <laughs> Uh, I would like to honor. Uh, there have been a, a lot of people uh, have a lot of faith in me. Uh, I'd like to honor that faith and be as good a comedian as people think that I am. You know, I think there there are people that, uh, you know, Schwan Yawer who passed away. Mm-hmm. Uh, the great thing about him is he made everyone feel like they were Richard Pryor. You know, if you got off stage and he saw you and you crushed, he would like, you know, make you feel like you were fucking 10 feet tall. And, you know, a lot of people have made me feel that way and have made me feel like I, I have the talent to to not just be like make a living doing stand up, but maybe contribute something to comedy, you know, mm-hmm. maybe change it a little bit from what it, the way it was done before. I want to honor that. You know, I'd like to get to the point where I'm good enough to where uh, yeah, I'm actually doing that, where I'm actually kind of shaping the way people do stand-up or think about comedy. I feel like that's, that's like, the only true mark 
of accomplishment because there are so many comedians that can make a living and we don't know who they are mm-hmm. and they're fucking guys wearing bowling t-shirts and shit and selling their crappy merch and yeah they're not contributing anything you know they're just making a living you know they're going through the motions but like you know the people that are that kind of justify this as an art form or the people that get to the point where they actually shape what it is what how we talk they you know like really great comedians change language for sure they change uh you know perspective and you know i'd like to i'd like to be one of those guys i don't know if i have the talent to do that that's at all but you know i'd like to if there's anything that i can stay focused on that uh will keep me motivated and also won't keep me discouraged because you can't put a monetary value on that. Mm-hmm. Like that's the that's the goalpost that I kind of set for myself. That's something Carlin had said where towards the end of his life he was doing some interview and he's saying I like that no one could talk about comedy for the last half of the 20th century without talking about me. Yeah. He's like it doesn't have, doesn't mean I was the best or that people thought I was the best but you can't I think I did well enough where you can't have that conversation without mentioning my name. Yeah. Yeah, something like that would be cool. Yeah. You know? But, you know, that means more to me than, you know... I mean, as much as I hate the fact that I, like, scrape by and don't make nearly as much money as I probably could if I had a little bit more hustle or if I tried to, like, book myself on weird road gigs and Mm -hmm. shit or, you know, or take, you know, or try to, like, get into funny business or, you know... Uh, the reason why it's not that important to me is because I know it's not going to make me a better comic if I do those things. Is that what guides pretty much all your decisions is what's going to make you better? Yeah. Yeah, I think about it in those terms. Um, Yeah, for sure. Because I've definitely looked at it that way and that your description of what your goal is of being one of those like luminaries who is remembered for your contributions, not just to comedy, but culture at large, basically. Sure, yeah. That's always what I wanted. I wanted to be, like, I was targeting very similar to the way Drew was targeting. Sure, yeah. Uh, and now I'm wondering if I was just setting myself up for disappointment. Not just disappointment, but, like, severe depression, because, like, I can't be that guy. Yeah, it's a crazy lofty goal. Yeah. It's a crazy stupid. But, you know, I like it because it is lofty and unattainable. You know, I like it. If I had a goal set for myself that was immediate, then I'd have more anxiety about trying to reach that, you know, because I because that's just the way I am. You know, Mm -hmm. I have a hard time following through on things and I've got a strong streak of self-sabotage. So if if I make something a goal that's kind of within my grasp, there's going to be some part of me that resists that. So you don't make like steps. Right. Yeah, I can't do that. You don't like reverse engineer. I'm going to be this great comic. What are all the things I got to do to get? Yeah, there? I can't do that. Yeah, I, I don't know how to do that. I, I'm bad. I, you know, I'm severely dysfunctional in a lot of ways. I know. <laughs> <laughs> there are reasons we wanted to have you. And that's one of them. <laughs> yeah, I, there's been no, there's been no forethought to any aspect of my life, and I'm I'm terrible at completing tasks you know i can't make a list and then scratch them all if i've got to do things as they feel necessary you know which is i mean i I, I wonder how you guys feel about this because we're all about the same age at a certain point didn't you think you'd be just better at (laughs) at everything like you know the same things that you know the same reasons why i would like flunk every science project in middle school I did not think that those same reasons would prevent me from succeeding in my adult life. Oh, yeah, of course. I thought there's a level you reach as an adult. Like, things, I'll be competent enough and life will work out. I'll know what I'm doing. Yeah, you just assume, I just assumed that eventually, uh, you know, a maturity and an intelligence would kick in. (laughs) 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 That I lacked. Uh, Uh, You'll level up into a different person. Yeah, Yeah, just enough XP. Yeah. And and you're you're better at things, and you can. But no, I I can't. You know, I don't know how to change that. You know, I think I'd I'd, I'd like to change it because I think I'd be a more successful person. I feel like you just have to decide to overcome your own nature. 
Yeah. Like a buddy of mine, uh, he graduated college. This is back when we were in school. And he told his mom, like, I still feel like a kid. And she was, you know, in her 60s. She's like, I still feel that way. You will always feel that way. Yeah. I don't think anyone has ever felt like, yeah, I know exactly what I'm doing. You just have to act in a way where it's like, I know I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to try. Yeah. And that's it. I think that's the best you can do. I think the people also that are taking all of the steps to getting on the road, getting their name in that thing, or like having the correct look, or just doing like we can think of comics that are doing that and succeeding because of it. That's their main skill. Yeah. Like they're also good at stand up, but they're doing. Jamie, they're not. No, for sure. It's, it's almost as if like stand up is Secondary. second. Yeah. 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 How do you feel about that? Because this is something Max and I have talked about a, a ton is that success in stand-up has virtually nothing or very little to do with actual stand-up. Yeah, well, not, I think it just doesn't have as much to do as you would have hoped. Sure. Right. Yeah, I think we all uh, got into this thinking it was a total meritocracy. Yeah, I assumed once I get good enough, things will happen. Yeah, and that's not true at all. Yeah. It's not even close to true. It's In fact, it's the opposite of true. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think what well, it's they, not like the worst people are doing the best. No, but fundamentally, you know, and the only things I've ever gotten are because people think I'm good. I've never gotten well, anything because people are like, oh, Noodleman's fun to hang out with. People don't go. <laughs> people don't go to see. Uh, people don't go pay money to go see a person because they're a good stand-up comedian. People pay money to go see a person because they're famous. Yep, and they happen to be doing stand-up, and. You know, even yeah, people Pat that Tomasulo. yeah, and yeah. even people that got famous from doing stand up, you know, they're they're famous now, and people are going to see them because they're famous. Mm-hmm. The stand up thing didn't didn't drive that. You know, it may, it may have given them opportunities, but it's like you know, you think about uh, like Sebastian Maniscalco, right? He's someone with like virtually no TV credits, but sells out you know arenas and shit. But, you know, other than that, like, there are a few exceptions. Other than that, most of the people that people pay money to go see doing stand-up, they're paying money because they're, they're famous. And sure. And just know who they are. I, I can't think of, other than, like, Brian Regan and Sebastian Maniscalco and, yeah, I guess Kyle Kinane. Like, Burr? Yeah, I mean, Burr at this point. But even Burr, like, you know, and these are all people that had to put in, like, 20 years to yeah. get to that point. Right. And, like, just through... You know, radio appearance appearances and podcasts and different bit film roles and shit. Yeah, they cobble up, together. You a pick profile. up five thousand fans here. Yeah, yeah. They, they cobble together a profile, and you know, the truth of the matter is, you know, who knows? You know, we're only seeing these people as famous stand-up comedians. We didn't get to see them when they were just stand-up comedians. You know, sure. But it's not like they were worse at this. They always had those skills. If you saw Bill Burr 15 years ago, I guarantee he'd be as funny as he is now. Oh, absolutely. You know. So, so but does that bother you at all? That idea that it has so much more to do with everything secondary to actual comedy? It for sure bothers me. Cuz you'll see people at least on a local level and it definitely on a national level too, but certainly locally who succeed who are not good at all. That doesn't bother me on the I I'm never bothered by anyone else's success. Mm-hmm. Really? I get, That's a good thing. Not their success. <laughs> Is that true? That's true. It's not their success that bothers me. If I'm bothered by somebody, it's because, like, I just hate their comedy. <laughs> and whether or not they're being given money for it doesn't really change my mind on that. You know, if mm. I see someone who's terrible at comedy and they're just doing four-minute open mic spots... I'm still just as mad at that person as I would be <laughs> if they were getting paid money to do it. Unfair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just mad at bad comedy. Bad comedy makes me mad. Well, that's most it of it, right? Yeah. It mostly is. Um, but, yeah, I mean, other people's success, I never view it as they're getting stuff uh, that I otherwise would be getting. Mm-hmm. I never, So I never get angry in that. I just always get angry... Uh, and from like the inside out, I think about you know, like doing the JFL spots that I've done, and you know, most recently that Scout Chicago Fest, where I felt really, really strong about what I did, and then it just didn't seem like anyone really gave a shit from the industry people. Like they, you know, they weren't they it, they don't have a Joe McMahon shaped hole. 
to fight fucking you know push me through um to like you know grant me access to the big something stuff. resembling sure. a career yeah and that bothers me because it's like well you know give me a chance i'll make my own hole you know, I'll <laughs> grow up, Max. Take like, a latex glove and then you like roll up a towel. <laughs> Can I have a beer, Max? Max really upset. I mean, it's a, a, a beautiful metaphor that came from a deep place, and he's just like he's like he's talking about a butthole. That seems that you basically just described Max's comedy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that that part bothers me but at the same time like i kind of get yeah i've for the past two weeks i've been upset about that mm-hmm. aspect but the uh your dude's waving we're he's fine. just lighting us we have time we, we, we're 15 <laughs> minutes do as much time oh. as you want there's yeah. no it doesn't yeah. matter uh yeah what yeah, what you know, I was I was getting all bent out of shape over it, like, ah, God, just give me a fucking chance, you know. But then I thought about it, like, what does that even look like? Like, what it, what am I expecting them to do? Like, give me a fucking TV show? Yeah, exactly. I'm an unfam. I've got seven hundred something Twitter followers. Yeah, you know, it's like I don't I don't leave a big cultural thumbprint, and there are a lot of people that do, and it may not be stand up, but they did work hard at growing an audience and that's you know they it makes sense the industry will go for that it makes sense that they put more more of a premium on people that are influencers than uh are people that are good at stand-up well have you tried have you thought about doing things like that like putting out an album and trying to like make it a small thing or building your twitter base or something like that Uh, like making your own hole yeah, me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I've been thinking about it more recently. I think the because there's nothing stopping you from doing that. There's nothing stopping me from doing that. I think the uh, the biggest block is uh, you know all I really ever cared about was getting really really good at stand. It's still the only thing I care about. Okay, and I'm just not interested in doing sketch i don't particularly like tweeting you know i don't i don't really know like all all these things that could help you know create a uh you know create a brand i guess or whatever it could create some sort of like you know social media thumbprint are there there are not things that i'm interested in creatively like i'm really interested in stand-up creatively and that's about it you know like uh I don't even know if, if someone was interested and they were like, pitch me a TV show. I'd be like, all right. So it's about this guy who walks into a bar and then he grabs a microphone. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. He just talks about the dolphins. Yeah. And he just, <laughs> yeah. It's like, what about a Captain Ron reboot? <laughs> it's about time for that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. This time they're in space. <laughs> this is a space boat. Yeah, so I don't even, you know, and again, that's, I'm trying to remind myself that, like, there, there's not, uh, it's not unfair, and, you know, I don't do those things, so I should temper my expectations accordingly. Sure. And truly, a thought that I, when I'm at my most zen about things, I keep in mind that it's kind of innately ridiculous that anyone makes a good living entertaining people at all. Because there's so much entertainment. Mm-hmm. And the fact that anyone ever pays money to see a live stand-up comedy performance kind from of an unfamous person yeah. is nuts. Yeah, Zero times have I ever paid money to watch an unfamous person do fucking anything. Yeah, I wouldn't. Let alone something that can be as annoying as stand-up comedy. <laughs> <laughs> it could be bad stand-up. Am I, like, you guys probably feel the same. Nothing worse than bad stand-up comedy. People it, say bad improv. That's what I was gonna say. You think stand up bad stand up's worse than bad improv? It's bad stand up is way more uncomfortable to watch because bad improv, like those really? people are insulated. Oh yeah, because bad stand up, you're watching someone just fucking hate themselves in front of you. 
to you. Well, there's ver- there's versions of bad stand-up. There's the bad stand-up where it's like they hate themselves and the bad stand-up where they're like, you're supposed to be clapping right now and you're not. Yeah, right. that, that I hate. But yeah. when someone has, uh, I kind of enjoy a meltdown. Oh, sure. Like, I enjoy yeah. watching someone who's just going for clapter without any punchlines failing and then being upset that they're failing. That I like. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the failure of... They're really trying, and they're really depressed, and just the the silence is crushing them. That feeling of being embarrassed for someone else is painful. Yes, that's, that's really painful. Bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's on the table as part of the entertainment experience that stand up offers. Yet people still pay money to see it sometimes. So, you know, I try to think. I try to keep that in mind uh, to, uh, you know, r- remain uh, justifiably not depressed. You know, it is insane. It's insane anyone's ever paid money to see me do stand-up. It is. I mean, not you specifically. Just but, yeah, in general. Yeah. In general, in general it's, it's really crazy. How do you feel? I mean, we should probably find some sort of – it doesn't matter. Because uh, you mentioned Schwann, and I wanted – I mean, Schwann just died a couple mm-hmm. days ago. Yeah. And this is the fourth comic that's died since I've started and probably since you started. Yeah, let's see. Dan Ronan, Mike Shapiro, Schwann. And then Yankovic. And Mike Yankovic, yeah, fourth yeah. comic. Mm-hmm. And – most of those guys were either, well, of the four, there was either suicide or OD or just some variance of they were so fucked up that some they put themselves in the situation to die of sure. that, of, in that way. And we are part of this community of people who either willfully or unknowingly to themselves have fucked up their lives to some degree. Yeah. Well, it's always weird when you meet these people where they just seem like they're doing this because they think it might be neat. Sure. You know, it's like most of the people that I meet are doing this because they're at they were at some sort of existential deficit mm-hmm. before they started. Yeah. I certainly was. Mm-hmm. I was a fucking insane person. You know, I'm 20 when I'm 25, 26 years old, I had no direction. I was not accountable to anybody. Uh, you know, wouldn't even like, yeah, I would barely like wash my clothes or anything. Like, you know, it's like that Fight Club quote, or it's like Fight Club became the reason to show up to your job. Sure. Fight Club became the reason to, you know, have an appearance. And, you know, stand up gave that to me. And when I see these people where they didn't need stand up to give that to them, but they still signed up for all the possible anguish, I'm very puzzled by that. Like people who seem to have a life. And then they do this anyway? Yeah. They have a good life, and they're doing this because they think it might also be a like a viable career path. Like It feels like the refuge for broken people. Yeah, it's the island of misfit toys. Yeah. There, there's a Sam Ariel tweet that I thought about that really bothered me where he said, stand-up comedy is a really great thing for someone with mental health issues to pursue if they don't want to get better. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, yeah. I feel kind of haunted by it. Yeah, I know that tweet. and it's true i mean stand-up will not uh stand-up won't fix anything that's wrong with you um it feels as if it might it feels like that sometimes but then there are other times it feels like it's compounding what's wrong with at least with me yeah well i that's why i took the break i had to i had to experiment with whether or not with, with Skyrim, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this will be the thing I do. I had to explore human experience. I'm a I'm a dragon man. I made myself a dragon man because I'm from Florida. He's like a gator. So I was a dragon man. That's adorable. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's well, right? Like it's you know, it's both. You know, stand up gave me a sense of being, and it gave me an identity. And I'm I'm definitely a, a slightly better version of myself than I was when I started, but it also created a whole new set of problems and insecurities and uh, more opportunities to be disappointed and to be alienated. So it's both, you know, it, it doesn't it doesn't save it doesn't redeem you and it doesn't damn you. You know, it's just it's just something that you can put your life behind like anything else you know some people do this with fucking hiking or marathon running you know and you know i think uh in in the case of all four of those people i don't think they died because they did stand up oh i wasn't suggesting no no i know you weren't suggesting that 
I was doing that thing that uh, bad journalists do, <laughs> where they put words in your mouth. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, ultimately, I, I don't think it uh, is uh, wholly positive for people, and I don't think it's wholly negative for people. I mean, I definitely feel it's about what you are putting yourself and what, what not just what you're putting into it, but what you're allowing it to, um, what hole in yourself you're allowing it to fill. Sure, sure. If it, if it is your source of meaning, it will disappoint you. Yes, it one hundred percent will. Yeah, it's it's not going to uh, substitute for uh, like a loving relationship or professional fulfillment or psychiatric balance Mm -hmm. like it's not it's not going to do any of that um what it will do is give you something to focus on so you can just live you know it can it it, it will it'll you know create a a target for you to look at when you wake up in the morning you know instead of just being a drift Sure. You know, before I started doing this, I'd wake up in the morning and not sure why I was waking up, you know. And now I wake up uh, in the evening <laughs> because I have like an hour to get to a bar. <laughs> That's a pretty good note to end on. 